0: Using video. Isn't it something we all should be doing in this pandemic world? Today's guest actually has been here on the podcast before and has shared with us some great video strategies, and she gives us an update. Stay tuned after the sponsorship to find out more. Hey hey everybody it is Tim Gillette and we're back with another Tim Gillette show. Today's guest is someone who has been here before. I actually know this person and she is one of the coolest people on the planet. All right. Video person, video personality, former TV person. Oh, she's still a TV personality to me. Uh but Cheryl Ploof has been someone that I got connected to in the beginning of the pandemic last year and got to know just a little bit about her and what she does and And we invited her back. And she said, yes, I'm going to come back. And we're going to find out more what she's doing now. Maybe how the pandemic twisted things a little bit. And she's done some new stuff. Anyway, uh, she's a great friend uh, right now. And uh, she's even spoken at one of my virtual events now. So you get to find out more about her. And we're going to take this thing to the next level. You ready? Let's go. Hey. Hey,
1: Cheryl. Hi, Tim. So great to be with you. It's funny when you said that. You said... She's still doing TV. I totally agree with you because <laughs> this is the new TV and it's accessible to everyone, which is so exciting.
0: Well, that's what my, I'm teaching, Cheryl. And the, you know what I mean? What, repurpose is my main topic. And, and everybody's saying to me, well, what's repurpose? I says, well, I want you to think the concept of Oprah, but you have 12 things you can use to do the same thing. So like you can get 12 times the audience Oprah got. She had one thing to use, a TV, you know? Yeah. You know, and most people are not looking at what's really going on online, and you don't have to have the studio. And the other thing is, like one of my mentors, I think you, I, don't, I don't know if you're in Frank Kern's programs as well, but
1: love Frank Kern. Yeah,
0: Frank makes more money with his iPhone <laughs> than he does with his hundred thousand dollar studio with videos. All right, yeah. and you know some people are like, well, I'm afraid to try. I don't have the right lighting. Uh, and we had that discussion about right lighting before we went live. I know, and my improvised studios.
1: People can put up all kinds of excuses for not to do this. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think they're masking a deeper issue that's going on with inside of, inside of themselves, and that's just the fear. In fact, I just did a Instagram live a, a moment ago, actually, mm-hmm. about this idea of so many people are afraid that people are not going to like them or disagree with them and, and everybody's just wanting to be liked so much. And I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk as well. who talks yeah. a lot about this concept of you got to stop caring what people think and get your message out there. People are 100% of people are not going to agree with you. You have to be okay with that.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, as a matter of fact, all right, uh, you know, as the elections have proved in America, only 50% of the people like you. <laughs> but I'm <Ba-dum-bum. laughs> <Anyway. laughs> Um Anyway, but, you know, coming on a video and stuff, I remember the early days of when I started what I do before I even was doing the shows or anything like that of trying to do videos. And like I had, I think I had a flip camera. I remember the flips. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the flip video. Uh, that's what I was doing all my stuff with. Now I've got like the iPhone. I can do it. An iPad, two cameras, uh, you know, two video cameras. I actually have one that's one that's not hooked up right now with the studio. <laughs> it's, uh, Cause I have three cameras in the studio. And I only have one of them hooked up right now. Um, but it's like all that stuff that I looked at of what I did 10, 11 years ago and where I've grown it to. And so I was saying when like with my cat fiasco last week, you know, it, it, it they ruined $10,000 worth of equipment. I'm able to replace it now for four grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, how many of you helping your customers are coming in, going? Well, I have to spend the Tim Grant, the ten grand Tim spent.
1: Listen, there was a time when it was the case where equipment cost a certain amount, and it wasn't really maybe accessible as accessible to everyone as it is today. Listen, most people have a phone, so no. you have a decent iPhone. And here's a little thing I'll tell you too. One of my clients I've been working with for, gosh, we're going on four years now. I have recorded nearly all, if if not all of the material that I've done for her, hundreds of videos have been on an iPhone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and she's paying me to make these videos. They're done on an iPhone guys. So the the excuses need not be there. Yes, you can invest in high level equipment, but if you're not at that stage yet, it's okay. Start with what you have and then build up to like a studio like Tim's right. Build up to the Heil microphones and the, you know the switching, uh, switch, uh, switchers, and the soundboards and all that, but you don't necessarily have to start with that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and 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 one of my clients is a Disney Imagineer who does a show twice a week, and her first show was her iPhone. So I have the video on how how do I get it to turn? Like that was her first video.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, and now she's got a huge following and does two shows a week. Now has like a four camera setup in her studio and like. Start with an iPhone. You
1: yeah. you you graduate, right? Yeah. You graduate to these levels. Mm-hmm. Let me let me give you an example. I think would be tangible for your audience too. Tim is like you have a studio, and I can see some of the gear you have behind you. I know you had the issue with the cats, and you're re- mm-hmm. you're replacing things. But in mine, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? There's I have a I have this is a, a TV monitor. Mm-hmm. I have a monitor here that I can use to see really essentially what would be like a preview monitor. Uh, which is an old computer, and then I have a tripod over there. I've got a ring light over here. You can get on Amazon. And I'm using a USB microphone and a MacBook with a webcam.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you using the standard Ma- the standard cam on the MacBook?
1: No, I do have a webcam. I'm using a 4K Brio. Okay, that's why I have
0: the Brio. Yeah.
1: And I love this is my favorite webcam of all time. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really, I mean, and this might be more, maybe even a little bit more elaborate than the average person even needs to get started but i'm here to say that you have to start with what you have you know back years ago when i really started started i started with an iphone i was in my kitchen and that was it yeah. so yeah. you you graduate in time but you have to start getting out there i, I really i i'm like i really believed him that businesses now entrepreneurs small businesses, any size of businesses got to start becoming a mini media company of their own. Mm -hmm. Got to start the mentality of thinking of yourself as a media media company and produce content and media. That's the world we live in. Attention economy, content is the currency. Mm -hmm. So if you're not where you want to be, kind of start asking yourself, like, am I creating content? Am I out there? Am I being visible? Am I sharing my message? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, so now uh, through the pandemic, I guess then that kind of lifted up a lot of the people you were working with who are now stuck at home and have to do, first of all, they have to do their meetings one by one with a computer, all right, on a Zoom. But second of all, all right, how are they using to, to? to I'm stuck at home, how am I going to get my marketing message out because we're not in an office and can't put this out?
1: Well, I think a lot of people, what happened in the pandemic too, was not only were they grappling with that issue but they were also grappling with the actual essence of their business Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. reevaluating the business model so one of the things that happens is you know we have you you can't really market something that isn't already conceptualized in terms of what is the business like that you got to start there what is the business exactly so that you can go out there and market it so um i think in the pandemic what i saw were a lot of people who previously hadn't Jumped into video as they should have and as they probably knew they should have
0: mm-hmm. and were
1: forced into it because of the situation of video becoming essentially a lifeline, not only personally, because we saw a lot of people using video to stay in touch with their families because they had no choice, but also using video to stay in touch with their network from a business perspective. So they were forced into it. And then they were forced into it. So they were like, okay, finally, I'm going to have to attack this thing called video, which I've been delaying and putting off for years. Mm -hmm. And then they started to do it. Maybe not hundred percent of them did it well, but they did it. And they took those first few steps and they didn't melt. No. No one died in the production of that live stream. And then they went, oh, wait a minute. Okay. This isn't, I got the first one done. And I'm still here to talk about it. So maybe I could do another. And the first mm-hmm. is always the hardest one to do. Yeah. So I think it was an epiphany for a lot of people who realized they were being forced into something they were avoiding and then they didn't melt. And now they can progress going, okay, great. Now what's a strategy? How can I really leverage this to really, to my benefit?
0: Um, And like, I still, to this day, Cheryl, don't edit my videos. Hmm. And I'm sure that's something you work with in your clients but like 90% of my 90% of my videos I don't edit cuz it's like my podcast I don't edit this I add uh, my audio's got a different bumpers and stuff that put onto it you know YouTube I put different thumbnails onto it it's like I play games with it but in general I know people who then you know they won't put it out until they spend 4 hours editing that 20 minute video
1: <laughs> well you know, you, know you, you and I both agree that that live streaming is a very powerful way to circumvent post-production. So post-production, meaning the production of the the content or the media after it's been recorded, that's often the the bottleneck of the situation because you get a lot of people who are like, they say they use Zoom and they interview someone on Zoom, but then they're stuck with this recording that they've got to do something with. And then they spend, like you said, four hours editing this this Mm -hmm. interview and then publishing it. The nice thing about live streaming is that you circumvent all that. You produce the show on the spot.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: then it and it publishes directly to your platforms on the spot. So now you're not having to spend four hours doing that. Well, you mm-hmm. know, we we all have different ways that we go about doing that. I'm a big live stream fan as well, but we'll take the audio and then we might, you know, massage that a little bit to take out any references to video for the audio version, but the editing is light and we're able to, um you know, progress and, and get that message out.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, our audio, we have like I put different bumpers on it. So, like, uh, you know what I mean? I have sponsors that go in the audio spots and then I put bumper music in between each segment. But I'll take like something interesting from that you say today. I'll take it and put it on the bumper and I'll be uh, and I'll, I'll put it as a preview before the sponsorship to get you to come back. Right. So, like, it's a whole nother it's a whole nother game. But I don't have to create the, I don't have to create all that stuff beforehand. I wait till I get it done and recorded, and then I create it. And and but live streaming has been my favorite thing to do. And I did it in Zoom first. Like the first, first idea of the Tim Gillette show was done in Zoom with the black background. I don't have any like now. I have all this stuff to make it look fancy, but I didn't have all of that. But that's how I recorded it because I was like, well, this is how I'm going to do it. And then I can I, I used eCam to broadcast it out. I don't know if you used eCam or not. I'm
1: familiar with it. Yeah, that's yeah. a great program. Yeah, so
0: eCam. I wouldn't. I wouldn't record it. I wouldn't broadcast it live. I would record it and then I would broadcast the recording on eCam live. Yeah. And it was a neat concept to do as well. But it's like it's a process. All right. You you do it in stages and you do it in like steps and 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 pretty soon it's like okay I got to do it differently. I, I I'm curious. Like this is this is your probably your first time to go through my process to get into the show. Because I, I did not really didn't have it last year. Like now, that's You're a whole process to. that I did. Like like all my emails and stuff was that a lot easier or no?
1: It was, and it's funny you say that because I was hoping that we would get into this conversation so that I could share my <laughs> my input with you on how your process is. And yeah. I have to say, in terms of your follow up, especially through email, was superb because no one who is going to be a guest on the on the Tim Gillette show will be at a loss of what to do, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. You want yes. to guide people step by step. And I thought you did a fantastic job of that. In fact, so much so that I took notes and was like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so for cashing on camera, I think we need to kind of up our game on the walking people through the step no. by step from an email perspective. Mm-hmm. It was really well done, Tim.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. It's a process. I, I, again, when I started, it didn't look that I mean, you were on a year ago. It didn't look that way, right? Uh, and that was like, only like, that was like the beginning of the second season of what we did. The first season, we had none of that. So last year, because I did, I tried to do a hundred interviews in 30 days. I'm like, man, I got to make this easier. I'm going to drive myself crazy. Right. (laughs) And that's where it begins.
1: It has, it has to do with systems. Yeah. So, And you know, each show host, let's talk about show hosting, right? Sure. You're going to have a show. You are in charge of, of making sure that, you know, you know the concept of the show is strong, and that, and you get to decide. Am I going to have regular features? I know you have features. I have features. Um, you know who are the guests going to be, and what your process is to to talk to those guests and invite them on the show. There are so many. It's all about process, and and this is the thing that I bring to to how I look at the world, especially in video. As I look at the best practices from the broadcasting industry, where I came mm-hmm. from, twenty five years of experience there, I looked at those systems. It's about systems. Yeah. And, and getting that's funny. I was just talking, um, I was listening to a training recently by Grant Cardone and and he was talking about systems are more important than skills. Mm-hmm. In many ways, this is very true. If you don't have the proper systems, it is a blank show, right? And all of a sudden it's a real mess. Mm-hmm. So you have to have your systems in place. Um, you know, I know for us, what we do is we do similar to you, right? We do the live stream. We do the repurposing to, to audio, Um, We have different tools that we use to do that, but it's about having those systems in place. And I have, you know, uh, people on my team who have SOPs, standard operating procedures to follow, to make sure that every step goes according
0: to plan. So this is something I didn't have last year and I didn't, I didn't kind of go over it with you when we come on, but I have, this is my newest thing for my company. The operation manual for the Tim Gillette media, right? And, Coming on my show, I have, um, well, I've got like all my weekly things, my daily things to do, my monthly checklist, but Tim Gillette show. All right. Set up on StreamYard, email guest login. All right. Night before. Like I, this is what I do the night before. All here. Like you got the email. I get on the air with you. And the first thing I do is I have this down in seven different things and I've added and subtracted things. But I tell you, it's a 45-minute show. It's a conversation, not an interrogation. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like I go through the, all the steps, and then I say, hey, at the end, stay on the call because after when we're done, we have a quick show wrap-up so I can get feedback as well as tell you how what happens from here. But I added two things that are not typed in yet. They're still written in. All right? And one of them was that I asked you is today, is there anything you want me to highlight? Which, I mean, we've got some stuff here we're going to highlight and talk about in a minute. But the other one I started to ask now is is there any topics that are that are forbidden? You know, I didn't get that. I mean, again, there it is. I, I wrote it in there, it's not even in the typewritten version. But how many of you are willing to do that with your videos, let alone your business? You're iterating.
1: And yeah. and this is the thing: when you're creating a process or a system, you do the you you go through, at least this is how I do it. I go through each step and I itemize all the steps. But as you start to actually do the show, things come up, mm-hmm. ideas come, situations arise, scenarios come about where you go, oh, wait a minute, we should add that to the system. We should mm-hmm. add that to the yes. plan. So that's right. your handwritten part <laughs> My handwritten notes. But it starts to take shape. And then within time, what happens is that that system just gets more and more fine-tuned. Mm-hmm. And now you are running on all cylinders. Yeah. And so then you can start to do, and, and I know you do, you're very prolific with your interviews. We're doing maybe, I don't know, one to two on average per week right now, but I, I think you do a lot more. I than do that. three
0: a week right now. Yeah,
1: and, You know, it, you can start to ramp up the, quant, the quantity of guests that you bring on the show when your <laughs> systems are really down. Yeah. You know, I think about John Lee Dumas, yeah. you know, and Entrepreneurs on Fire years ago when he started, I think in 2012, he started right from the get-go with a daily... <laughs> podcast yeah and even he would probably admit that was crazy but he just dug in and he did but it's about systems you have to have systems in
0: place so i and and it's interesting you know what i mean as you talk about that we do the systems uh one of the things that that made me you know your television background will relate to this is the time i was on dean kane's podcast Mm -hmm. the actor and the intro to that show was the same thing. And he literally, we recorded, I don't know, seven or 10 shows that day while I was there. Right. And the intro is the same for all seven people.
1: Okay.
0: There's 10 people lined one right after another production. You come in and, and do these things. He's asking the same questions. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They were all on cue cards in front of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you've repeated this how many times today, how many times yesterday, but yet you still have the cue cards that you're reading off of Why? It's a system you, you never, I mean, you never, when you find a good way to make an apple pie, you don't just, well, okay, let's just throw in some peaches this time. You know what I mean? No, you stick to what's works and keep doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and like uh, to me, Dean Kane's a very professional, the way he interviewed me very professional, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, this guy's got it down to a system that like, I'm like too proud to go. I need to, I need cue cards. Really? <laughs>
1: Well, I think it depends on each person's comfort level too. Depends on the show host comfort of uh, you know, sometimes it's having those cue cards might be just the um the insurance that you need to know that I no matter what happens, I can always look at this cue card and get back on track. And so I think it's a personal choice. But what is in what's important about what you just said though, though, is it's a it's almost a factory type of environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Production needs to be to the point where there's a factory kind of angle to it. And, and that's getting, you know, a system in place. So the guests change, the, the topics of conversation may change, but the actual production from a, te- especially from a technical perspective should be the same every single time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and most, you know, I thought at first that like, it would take the creativity out when doing that. Cause you notice me, I'm a very creative on the fly thinker, but uh, it, those people who get in my, my, my inner circle coaching program, I actually have a video from Dean Kane welcoming you there. And I'm going to tell you that took four takes to do that with Dean. Right. I'm like, this guy's a professional actor who does, but it took four takes to do this on a quick 14, 16 second video. And because he did not have the cue cards up, right? Some of us will get so, I mean, and I'm, I'm Dean Kane's done this how many times in his life? And we had to go four takes to get that actual thing. And still, we still edited a blip out of it. And then that made me come down to, I need to always be working on my process, always be working to make it better. And I need to always be finding a better way to communicate with my audience. Even now, uh, Cheryl, I'm, I'm doing stuff in my membership areas of my Kartra websites, right? To, come and explain because I actually had a lady who bought the membership last month and then wrote me, I don't under, I can't work through this. So I'm like, well, let me create a video and walk people through it on video and how to do it. Like most people won't do those simple little steps. All right. Which I know one of the things you said you want what we want to talk about today is the customer journey. Are you using these steps to help customer journeys right now?
1: Well, the customer journey is important, especially if you're using video or content to sell things, mm-hmm, right? If, if, you're, if you're just doing it for a hobby, then this, none of this matters. But if you're looking to leverage content and video and social media and these distribution channels, which are all, all available to us, then you have to understand the customer journey and it's a three-step process. Step one of that journey is that they need to be aware of you, right? So brand awareness is step one. If they mm-hmm. don't know who you are, nothing will happen beyond that point it has to start with awareness attention Mm -hmm. and awareness Um, so they have to be brand aware the second step of it is they're in they move into a phase called the consideration phase which is when they start looking at you as an option but they're also still investigating other options at this point they're still on the lists of other people they're trying to figure out where they land they're considering you you're in consideration phase and then the third phase of that journey is the decision phase This is when they're like, I need a solution and I'm ready to make a decision. So why video is important in all of those stages is because you need to show up. You need, that's why people are always talking about consistency. You know, you hear this word, everybody says, be consistent, be consistent. Why? Because you don't know when your client or customer needs you and is ready to make that decision or is in the consideration phase. So if you continue to show up consistently in their feed or on whatever channel, Mm -hmm. then when they're ready to take the, the, you know, they're ready to make a a move. You're right there. You're top of mind. So it's, that's why I think the consistency is so important, but brand awareness, getting attention, having people be aware of who you are is the first step of the journey. And video is a great way to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but how many people that you have, they're coming into you for help right now that getting that consistent thing out for the brand awareness, because I I've had a few like this and maybe you have too, where they, they are like, yeah, but I'm not getting any, I'm not making any sales. And I'm like, but if you don't do this, you're not going to get sales eventually. You know what right. I mean? How many people are coming to you right now, Cheryl? And they're, they're, they're in that you and you got to keep reminding them. no, dude, this is the brand awareness phase. You got to keep doing this.
1: I have a client right now that I'm working with that, um, you know, we're in that we're in that phase. Mm
0: -hmm, They've mm -hmm.
1: done, you know, a certain amount of work on their own, but now they're working with me and we're trying to, you know, we've actually been successful too. I think at this stage, we've probably doubled their uh, subscribership on YouTube, but it's still low numbers. But yet, despite that, it's still double. So we're happy with the results that we're seeing, but that's the phase that they're in. And so I am as the coach in this case, Charged yeah. with keeping their spirits up and, and encouraging them to stay the course. So, Tim, the the issue really is patience.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and if you're working in the content marketing, you know, world, which is what we're talking about here, organic or yeah. content, it's a long term game. Yeah, this is not about putting up 20 videos and thinking I'm done and I should have all the leads I want and everything's on autopilot. It's just not how it works. Yeah. And so, building an audience is a long term endeavor. Especially if again, we're talking about organic. Mm -hmm, So, mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, this happens a lot. Um, I have another person who I just talked to this morning. She has a YouTube channel and this is the opposite problem. Uh, She's been consistent. She's done. I don't even know. It was like 50 some odd videos, but each of them only has one view
0: on YouTube. I have that problem on a couple of mine, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It it can happen on the odd one, but every single one is one view. So Mm. that's a different issue. And as we, as I went in and started looking at it, I realized the issue is messaging. She mm-hmm. doesn't have her clear messaging nailed down, and she's speaking in kind of ethereal language that isn't resonating with anyone. Yeah. So the, the the problems that I see range, and they run the gamut. But it's when you have you know the ability to go in and, and recognize what those issues are that you can bring it to that awareness of the of the of the person in that case or the client in that case.
0: Okay. Um, well, well, the next thing I had in that, because it's like, it's the consistency of doing it. All right. Even when you don't see the results as sure I've had, because I've been blogging and, and content creation on the blog, starting with blogging for words is where I started. And a lot of people used to come to me and go, well, tell me how to be SEO optimized so I can get, you know, a million hits. And I'm like, dude, when it comes to blogging, it's about putting the message out there consistently, not about one post that's going to get you a million hits. <laughs>
1: There's no trick. I think that's what people want. They want that pill. It's like weight loss, right? It's like, Oh, just, I'm just looking for the pill that I need to take every day. I want the easy way. I just want to be able to pop the pill and lose 50 pounds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't, wouldn't we all love that? That's not how it works. And so yes, SEO, I'm not an SEO expert by any means, but I know about the connection between, you know, SEO and YouTube and YouTube to websites and blogs. And I understand the, the basic premise of it. Um, but, If you're obsessing over only SEO and you're negating really looking at your message and creating value for your people, that's what's going to move the needle more than anything. It's people engaging, caring, sharing your content, as opposed to being obsessed with SEO. You know, people who I still see this today where people are like, oh, I'm going to keyword stuff this article. It's like, that was so long ago. We've moved way, way way, past that now.
0: Way past that.
1: (laughs) But people still believe they're like, oh, well, I heard that that's what you're supposed to do. I think they're trying to avoid doing the harder work, which is to really create valuable content.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to SEO, I, you know, I've always used this funny term, you know, mm-hmm. it means some extraterrestrials outside as a joke. <laughs> um, yeah. I love um,
1: that.
0: But I did something in 2013 mm-hmm. that worked because of the very concept of what we're talking about now. I would write blog posts and I would pick a subject and then write five sub subjects, five blog posts, Monday right. through Friday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And one of them that I did was 2013. I remember it exactly. Was uh, the, I, I did a, cause I, I did a rock and roll thing around songs. So I did a week of the Eagles songs. Do you remember that 2013 yeah. on Showtime was the history of the Eagles movie? It, it well, rings a bell. Yeah. I did the history of the Eagles as a, as a keyword. All right. But it was in my blog posts. The term was used in my blog post as well as the songs. Cause I did five songs from the Eagles. Now, if you did, uh, it was between, it was like, would be like, I want to say March, April timeframe and May was when their first concert was. And we went to their first concert on that tour. My wife and I rode motorcycle to uh, Kentucky to see that first concert anyway. Cool. But during that time frame before the first concert if you would have googled history of the Eagles 2013 I was on the first page of Google yep. four times four of my five articles beat them Wow at that keyword go search it now not gonna happen why because engagement those articles haven't been engaged with since right. 2014 right yeah
1: I think well, it's you know and 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 listen things have radically changed from 2013 from a you know Content. algorithm algorithmic perspective and you know all these penguin changes and this and that google and all things have changed i mean so you know it it playing that game of like trying to chase the seo tactic of the year or the day or whatever i don't know i i would rather put my energy and effort into something and and a strategy that's really fundamental that's going to work forever more. And that's like, listen, storytelling. Yes. Storytelling in essence, you know, has been working for thousands of years. So why would we now think we need to change that? Like it works. That's why we see, you know, films in in Hollywood. It's very formulaic and people Mm -hmm. who are screenwriters would be the first to tell you they they can predict what the ending is going to be because they know the formula. So I would rather say, Hey, let's concentrate on telling good stories and sharing value and providing insights and wisdom and experience uh, to your viewers. That's how you build connection with them. It's not chasing the, the next SEO tactic, in my opinion.
0: Well, let me let me twist this conversation just a little bit because something else I had down on here, and I wrote down your three things, the consideration phase. Right. People are now coming to you, consideration. Are you telling your clients or working with your clients to sell now, now, Hit the objectives, hit the things they're gonna do, but hit it with a story. So now your videos become about the story that's gonna make them go, Oh, I need to consider Cheryl Moore, uh, as opposed to, you know, well, I'll use Joe Pardo, but anyway, Joe, you, we both know Joe.
1: If you, is storytelling, I think, has a place in any of the phases. It you, does. You, yeah. you can use storytelling in the brand awareness phase, like in the awareness phase, you can use it consideration or decision. Um, because it's fundamental, like this, it's how people like to communicate and and what gets people's attention. So storytelling is throughout all, but in the consideration phase, especially, you know, these are uh, the types of videos I would recommend that people think about in that phase might be to do something that's like a, maybe a, a longer form training, some type of tutorial, because if they're in the consideration phase, that likely means they're already part of your world. They're probably already on your list. So what is it that you can do to help them move them from consideration to decision is by providing more value through a training or um you know some type of community chat or how about, how about teach from the I mean, story What's that
0: Teach teach from the story
1: Yeah that's exactly. what I love to
0: do but anyway you, yeah.
1: you can and then you can intersperse some like real like case studies and stories but you have mm-hmm. maybe more um avail to go, uh, longer on those things, right? The brand awareness phase, you really want short videos. You want short pithy stuff, right? In the consideration phase, this would be more like, um, uh, evergreen YouTube content where it's very more in depth and you're demonstrating and you're showing case studies and you're sharing your screen. Like, so screencasting, things like that, but the story can definitely take a place in there too.
0: Well, I mean, I, you just hit another word that I wrote down here, evergreen. Uh, I, when I created those blog posts that we use, for example, in 2013, I was not thinking of the idea of how can I write this blog post that if someone searches this in 2025, they're going to still find the same stuff and it's relevant. Right. So now I guess you're working with video time. You know, don't get caught up in the what's going on now, as opposed to, um, uh, as opposed to what can be used. And I. And I want to kind of put a story in with this. Have you watched the Tim Allen uh, comedies? I haven't. All right. So Tim Allen's a comedian here in America, and Tim Allen, uh, he did one many, many years ago called Tin- Tool Time, or Tim like t- Tools Tool Time with Tim or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with who he yeah. is. But I've never. Uh, seen or him or him.
0: Home Improvement, I think it was called, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Home Improvement. And then his most recent show that just ended last year was was called. Um, um, Something with like, you know, like being like the last man standing or something like that. Okay. And two different concepts of shows. If you go watch those tool ones that he did in the 90s, there is nothing that relates them to modern or, or current events, period. So it's an evergreen can be used forever. Christmas comes around once a year. That's it. Then you go look at his new one with the last man standing thing they mention who the president is, what the current co- economy is, all that stuff. So like his new show is going to be outdated in two years, whereas people are still watching that show from the 90s. Yeah. Evergreen. It's a, it's I want a, you to highlight on that. It's
1: a great point because, you know, and there's nothing wrong with doing content. Let's say you are, um, let's say you're a health coach and mm-hmm. you put a list together of, I don't know, the the top 10 smoothies of 2021 i I would never make this video i'm just making this up yeah yeah. okay it's the whatever it's the listable of 2021 right uh 10 things that blah blah blah, help you achieve whatever result and it's tied to the year that's okay you can totally do that listables work these types of lists are awesome but you have to just know going into it that okay well this is gonna have a short shelf life Um, if you were to do something along that line that you wanted to be evergreen you're not going to be referencing 2021, um, but you might take it and say, okay, um, you know, here are 10 ways to use spinach in smoothies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So now that you could see would sort of last and be more evergreen and could be found in five years from now and be as relevant then as it is today. So I think you just, from a content creator perspective, you those are just the considerations that you have to keep in mind.
0: So, I mean, do you know Ross Brand as well, don't you?
1: I think yeah. I, 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 I keep forgetting who's connected to who anyway. I know, I know. I meet a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Ross does this because his 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 business is, or his show is Live Stream Universe. And he does, you know, the uh, every year around the end of the year, beginning of the new year, he does the hundred predictions in live streaming for the next year. Yep. And so he asks, he'll he'll reach out to you, reach out to me. Hey, just give me give me one. Those who submit are in on it, those who aren't aren't. But it's a piece of content that he makes every year that so after a while, you go, well, I want the 2014, the 2015. You want them so they are evergreen, but they're not because they're only for, for that year. So yeah. what's your thought on that process?
1: I think it's great. I think it makes a lot of sense. At the end of the day, it's really about your authority and mm-hmm. how are you positioning your authority in your niche. So in his case, it makes perfect sense, right? It putting together, even if it is tied to that next year, It's Mm -hmm. still positioning him as an authority of that thing. So absolutely, it makes perfect sense. And when you build an audience, which is ultimately the goal, and they are loving that content and you get the results and you check your analytics and and it supports the fact that people love it, you're getting comments, people are opting into it and all that, then you can say, okay, let's make this a regular thing that we do in our business Um, in December or in November of every year, we create the next because it works.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's,
1: it's, it makes a lot of sense to, to do something like that.
0: So, and I just had another note I was going to add you, but I went to put something else in and I lost my thought before I got. back. To
1: it. <laughs> You're not writing fast
0: enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not writing fast enough to keep up with you, Cheryl. <laughs> I'm honest. All right. At least I'm honest on my show. Um, well, here's one of the areas that I think about in this, and that is other people's content. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I'm interviewing you about your content and that helps me build my content. Exactly. What's your thoughts on that?
1: hundred <laughs> percent. listen. you know, and I do the same thing, right? So I interview people and, and it's like when it comes to creating content, at least this is how I see it. Um, let me let me let me go back for a moment. When in 2020, when I was really concentrating on my YouTube channel, most of the content I created was me alone, solo. Mm-hmm. Okay, so through the pandemic as things were changing and people were pivoting and people were panicking and all that, I had these epiphanies as a video strategist myself, where I realized, okay, wait a minute, I'm going to have to change how I teach this and what I do to support others because they can't learn to edit anymore. No. And, and you talked about this at the beginning of the show, you don't edit any videos. And that was a big epiphany for me because I've built courses and have done trainings to help people DIY and make their own videos. Then the pandemic hit and I realized, They don't have that kind of time. So as a leader in this space, I've got to realize that, okay, if that's the case, then I have to change how I do things. So I change my own offers and how I look at things to be more interview based. So for example, like I interview people on zoom and I can create videos for them from the interview. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. If that's true, then my own content strategy is at least then it was not aligned to the new things and ways, things that I'm selling. So your, your content strategy ideally has some type of thread or through line to the things you offer. And that's where I had to sit back and go, okay, I have to reanalyze my own content strategy. So now you'll notice that I don't do as much content solo. I interview people now and I'm bringing people on cash in on camera to interview them. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? Because there's many benefits. Mm -hmm. You generate leads, you get more referrals, it creates engagement, people want to share your content, Um, you know, you build your network, you are um, creating content by interviewing other people, you know, so many benefits to it. But more importantly, for me, there's more of a tie to my current content strategy in interviewing people to the things that I actually sell and, and offer.
0: Cool, cool. Um, and, and I, I mean, I found it interesting because I started it as my show show because I wanted to get to know people. And I, I actually had a lady that I met early years, like 2010 or 11, when I started my business, who hated doing one-on-ones because everybody who did a one-on-one with her would do nothing more than pick her brain. Right. That's it. They didn't, they weren't, they, they weren't there to go, Hey, how can we help you? And how can I help you? And you help me? No, it was that how, you know, how can you help me? So they would, they would get on a camera with you, Cheryl, and they would just pick your brain on how to fix their video show and then never hire you. Right. And she hated it. And I'm like, how can I make that not become a problem in my business? And then I was like, well, I would rather do my one-on-ones and get to know people while I record it as an interview. That's where I came up with my idea, you know, and uh most people are sitting there going they they don't look at their problem they have and try to use their content to make a solution for it
1: right my feeling is that you have to it, it, it always it always starts with a strategy it always it, you have to start with thinking this through and 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 i believe that a lot of especially entrepreneurs especially b2b Uh, people who are in B2B could benefit from having their own show, an interview-based talk show type of program like you have, like I have. I I really think that in this day and age, it's really challenging to create that perfect opt-in, that perfect lead magnet. It's been, I think there are the odd ones at work, but by and large, giving people an opportunity to speak and be heard and be seen is going to move the needle more probably than any kind of PDF you can download.
0: Yeah. Well, it, my not my top three opt-ins you'll love this show. My top three opt-ins is you want to be on my r- podcast. Would you like to write a blog post for my blog? <laughs> yeah. Would you like to speak at my event?
1: That's wh- what's the common thread? It's they want to be seen and heard.
0: Yeah. All right, now everybody goes, well, why why, why why? why would they be your clients? They probably aren't going to be my clients, but they're going to refer me to my clients,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I went about that hand. far
1: ahead, Tim. People don't think that far ahead because they're thinking about the quick win. They want the yes. quick, right? Yeah. It's like, I got to pounce now. No, like it's about building relationships, building your network. Your network is your net worth, right? Yes. You've got to build your network. All the people, like, I, I mean, I have people that are coming on the show. I, I, it's not that all the people that I interview on Cashing on Camera will become clients. No, it's never even a thought in my head. But what it is, is building that awareness through them. Because I don't know if in a year from now, a guest of mine is going to say, hey, we'd love to have you come and speak to our mastermind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, hey, last year you interviewed me on your show and I loved how you um, did something, something. Could you come and teach my coaching group how to do that and so now all of a sudden i get in front of more people it's about visibility and exposure
0: by the way you're coming to do a master class for my community right
1: yeah <laughs> anytime uh,
0: you like how i got you to agree to yeah. that live on camera
1: <laughs> you got me to commit on camera which on I love. Camera.
0: go to the camera lady get her to commit on <laughs> camera all right to come out and reach her uh, and expand her audience and teach anyway <laughs> you
1: know it's it's You have to think it through. You've got to really uh, make sure that there's an alignment. Um, It's not to say that I'm never going to do another solo video on my channel ever again. That's not the, you know, and I'll probably do some solo podcast episodes and things, Mm -hmm. but the, but the main thing that I'm focusing on is interviews now going forward. And people like you, Tim, inspire me to do that. People like John Lee Dumas inspire me to do that as Mm -hmm. do so many other show hosts who are doing a great job with interviewing um, it's just, it's also really aligned to my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was a TV broadcaster for years. Uh, I'm also getting into interviewing, uh, some people locally here in the city that I live in. Listen, I moved here in 2019, but the pandemic hit so quick and it was like two years of lost time to network locally with businesses here. Yeah. But so now I'm going to go out and really reaching out to some local businesses and saying, Hey, could we do some on location um, live interviews with you, so I could promote your business and help you get more exposure.
0: Yeah, that was my networking thing, Cheryl, that I did before the pandemic. Like this is 2016 through 2018. I would go to networking functions, and I never would stand up and go, "Well, I'm Tim Gillette, and I do blah blah blah." I would stand up, and go, "Hey, listen, I, I'm looking for people to interview. Uh, if you've got an interesting business, can I come to your your place of business and interview you at your business? If you're interested, just come see me afterwards. My name's Tim Gillette, and I'd sit down." And I literally had cards thrown at me. You know what I mean? I had to choose, I couldn't do them all. And everybody else is like, you know what I mean? Well, I gotta stand up and say, I'm like, nobody's listening to you when you stand up, unless you stand up and offer something that they're looking for all of a sudden, boom, 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 their ears
1: perk up. Well, it's, you know, you're talking about opt-ins and that, so in some opt-ins, as long as the value uh, exchange is there and that Mm -hmm. there's enough value in that PDF or that download, To warrant someone giving you their information. The problem is, I think we're seeing a lot of downloads that aren't as valuable and people question why no one's opting in for them. Yeah. But speaking and having people come on stage, most people want that. Most people see and recognize whether you're old school or new school, that visibility and getting out there and getting your message heard is valuable. Therefore, you and I both get good responses when we ask people to come on our show.
0: Yeah. Well, I do appreciate you coming on my show as always. I love having I you. I love my show. coming here. <laughs> and That's I am cool. going to get you to commit to that master class to teach.
1: <laughs> you just send me the send me the info, and I'm there.
0: Because <laughs> uh, I, I I really I know there's you know I mean we touched like just a little bit of what you do and 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 connect. And uh, I want to make sure though that people listen here as well as everybody else. They get a hold of you. What is the number one website to reach out to you and find out more?
1: You can always go to cherylpluff.com. Um, I am at cherylpluff on all social platforms. So send me a DM. Say <laughs> I heard you on the Tim Gillette show. I'd love to connect, and and then we can take it from there. So I'm at cherylpluff. Cherylpluff.com. You can send me an email. Guess what it is? It's cheryl at cherylpluff.com. It's pretty easy to remember. Um, what and, concept? Uh, yeah. What a concept but yeah i mean listen send I, I love receiving dms i like people you know sending me a message and telling me you know hey i heard you on such and such um mm-hmm. tell me that you heard me on the tim gillette show and let's you know get on a quick call and just tell me about your business and i'll give you some advice
0: cool cool so uh well i again i appreciate you coming in but before you go you know i got a game i know I are know. you ready for it this year
1: yeah i'm I'm ready <laughs>
0: I'll start oh, yeah. off with the easy one. I asked okay. you this one last year because i still—it's still my number one question: Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Star. I think Should last someone... year I responded to this. I was like, uh, neither. But I, I know, know what, I'm, I'm going to go with Star Trek.
0: This time. Star Trek. You know that? Like, like two days ago was the 55th anniversary of the first Star Trek ever being played. I did not know that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this girl doesn't know much about the science fiction world. No.
0: No, I don't either. I just have these wonderful reminder things that pop up on 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 this day on my all my social feeds.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Star Trek, uh, for no other reason than I can. I, I'm thinking of a Spock right now, so yes. that's the only reason.
0: Anyway, so let's move on then. Apparently, like that that's not your thing. So if you do go and watch a TV show, is it a comedy or a drama?
1: It's probably going to be a comedy. Yeah, yeah it's probably going to be a comedy because I, I if I'm going to sit down and actually watch a show. It's because I want some escape, you yeah. know, and so I'm, you know, I love the office. Like I'll binge watch, you know, things like that. I love, I still oh. love Seinfeld.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we're watching, we're, we, we have it recorded so we can always go back to watch it. We are watching right now parks and recreation.
1: I see. And I that's one that my husband and I have been talking about. And I think also uh modern family is another yes, one. I never one. really got into, but th- I'm more likely to go comedy.
0: Yeah, and and Parks and Rec. What well, we were watching for the past three months, we were watching Law and Order.
1: Oh, okay. So like
0: that's twenty years of episodes, by the way. That's a long time, but like, and it got to be a while where where we because we were seeing it on so many different channels. That was like, oh, I've seen this one six times already. Right. There's one or two in there we still haven't seen in twenty years of episodes, but after a while, it's like, okay, it's time to go get some laughs on again, man. All right, yeah. yeah so um my next question is this one an interesting one would you rather go surfing or skiing
1: the skiing
0: skiing i know you're you're a northern girl I'm from, I I'm from northern
1: ontario i'm from northern ontario so i'm gonna go with the skiing
0: okay so uh i was almost gonna change this next one but i decided to leave it this way and say you know what i mean you're going out for dinner you're gonna have the steak or the chicken
1: If I'm going out for dinner, it depends what kind of dinner. Like if I'm going out for a special dinner, if it's just, you know, kind of like my husband and I or something like that, then I'm probably going to do steak just because it's not something I would cook at home for myself, probably.
0: I was going to do steak or seafood, but like I just got done eating. Uh, My mom ran out and picked up for lunch for me because I am stuck here today with deliveries coming in. Picked up for me because around the corner we have a tea store that actually had a lobster's main food truck in front of it this morning. Mm. So mom went over and got me lobster's main those lobster rolls. Nice. That was my lunch. I was putting it down between the last broadcast <laughs> and yours. I was putting it down before I got, yeah. again. no, I'm
1: more, I'm more likely to do a steak because I probably wouldn't do that, that at home as, yeah. as often as chicken.
0: Yeah. I do steak at home. Cause I got a grill, but I do chicken as well. I, I I'll rotisserie the chicken on the grill. Oh, oh so good. So good. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, well this next one here, we've been on camera, uh, sitting at our desks for the last year. If we go, went and looked at our shirt, we have, both have nice shirts on, nice tops on, but down below, are you dressed up or wearing yoga pants? Shorts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like athletic shorts.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and like, okay, so show sure, this, the first speaking engagement I do live again, I am going to walk out with my pajama bottoms on and go, you what, totally wait, does. it wasn't a Zoom thing?
1: You totally have to do that. You, you do but here's the thing you know this is nothing new for me and my, my husband's somewhere in the house here too he's, he's a longtime broadcaster you know four yeah. years in the industry that's nothing new for anchors to be sitting at the desk and be like you know suit jacket tie and the whole bit and then be wearing khaki you know pant or uh, we call those uh army shorts or whatever
0: cargo so, shorts. Uh, I when I was on Dean Kane's podcast' dress shirt suit coat shorts flip-flops.
1: That's the uniform. That's yep. the TV anchor uniform. Yep.
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go with some more stuff and cameras and TV. Okay. All right. Are you somebody who's into the LED lights or do you like the old-fashioned umbrella type lights?
1: I had the umbrella type, the light, the softbox type things. Mm-hmm. Before, softbox. Yeah. But um I've graduated now. So like I do have a light here that's an LED. I've got, you know, here. Let me show you something fun. Yeah. Um, these type of lights. <clears throat> You know, these are R- RGB lights. Yeah, so like, yeah. You know, this kind of thing, thin, lightweight, portable. Yeah. I'm more to go. I'm more likely to do LED now.
0: So, yeah, I have two of those LEDs with, and they have battery boxes so I can have them unplugged, but that's yeah. all in the kit in the closet right now. I'm going to pull them out. I had two uh, ring lights that my cats broke last week that I have to replace. They're, they're not that expensive, but I have on the desk, I have mounted to my desk key lights. Right. Though I love them because they, 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 they go up or down with my desk. So yeah. when I get the new computer in, I'll set the desk up to be able to go up and down again, and I can stand up and the lights are already there. Yeah. If
1: I get, if I get really ambitious at some point, I'm probably going to get one of those. Um, I think it's called Varipol, and, yeah. and, and you get it. You can either do it from ground to ceiling or desk to ceiling, and then you can clamp those led lights onto it right now. Mine is sitting on a tripod on my desk, yeah. but yeah, I think, you know, it depends again, talking about earlier that the transition, when you grow and you build out your, your set or your studio, you know, you do it in stages, but that yeah. I think is going to be the next step for me.
0: Yeah. I think my next stage with lights are going to be mounted to the wall and not standing on stands.
1: Yeah. Cause it, uh, then that's, you have more room on the floor. Like there's an, it takes up less room on the floor. Well,
0: had I had that to begin with, I would not be dealing with a computer issue I am dealing with right now. Right. <laughs> I hear you. Um, how about, uh, if you're going for a drink, uh, in your cup, is it coffee or tea? Oh, it's going to be coffee. Yeah. Figured yeah. as much. Oh so. yeah. So, and yeah. then I still have the two controversial ones at the end. The next one being toilet paper under or over at your house.
1: I don't even pay attention, but I'm going to say over.
0: Well, so, and in the past year of asking that question, Cheryl, the interesting answers I've had I love it because I get the all rainbows and unicorns, people who are all lovey-dovey on everything. And we need to all just get along and love. And you ask that question and it's like, over. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or, or you
1: talk to someone like me who's like, uh. Yeah.
0: Downstairs, my wife's bathroom, it's over because that's how she wants it. My office bathroom, it's sitting on the back of the toilet. It's there. It's all I care. That's funny. Um, my last one, and I think maybe your husband's trying to figure out because this is what he's going to wear for his next on camera thing. Is it boxers or briefs?
1: Uh, it is boxers. It's boxers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, (laughs) oh man, Tim, this is so much fun. I love being on your show and thank you so much for inviting me. And I just want to commend you on the work you're doing. And you're bringing laughs and you're bringing insight and you're bringing wisdom and you're bringing on, um, you know, people who can share their expertise with your audience. And I just wanted to
0: thank you. you. Well, thank you for being part of it, because without people like you to interview and have fun with on air, I wouldn't have half the content I have.
1: (laughs) Well, you are more than welcome. I I love it. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks for having so,
0: me. So, uh, and we're going to have you back as a speaker again. One of our virtual events, of course. Maybe we'll maybe when we have live events again, we can get you to come to Dallas for blog and video.
1: Oh man, when the border opens. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Wow. Right now, it's, it's just awesome. yeah. We're hosting one in November, but we're doing a downsized scale, um, one day mastermind, one day training, and I'm only limiting the speakers to people who I, I yeah. think like Eli Delaney is probably going to be the furthest person to come. Right. But like I'm not, I'm not bringing in all my speakers because I don't want them to have to cancel at the last minute, or lose money on airfare because they have to cancel.
1: Yeah. So I'm
0: trying to put a local training together so those people who want to come come, and if nobody shows up, I'm only out three hundred bucks. Yeah, so. we we
1: have to be. I mean, we're getting there, right? As yeah. of the As of this uh, interview, we're getting there, but we need to be a little further down the path yeah. before really everything "quote unquote" opens up.
0: I get it. So, so I'm mean, there. Yeah. Well, I thank you again for being on the show all right, and, and taking time out of your schedule again today.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. Thanks for yeah. having me.
0: Uh, to you guys, the, you guys the, the wonderful guests. You've been here, you've attended, you've looked into it. Go check out Cheryl at her website. And hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Tim Gillette or where you get your podcast. I'm Tim Gillette and I'll be back with another guest real soon. Have a great day, guys.
1: Bye.